on The Late Show, I have a lady probably not the best known as an author, but she's the author of a brand new book called Beneath the Surface, Libby Trickett's on the line. Olympian gold medalist, world record holder, mum, uh, you name it, Dancing with the Stars, this woman has done it. Hello, Lib, how are you? I'm really well, and you? I'm very well, thank you. How uh, How's the reaction of the book been? Really warm. It's been really lovely. It's um, <laughs> it's always I was incredibly nervous about it coming out. It's been a bit of a process. It's been almost two years in the making. So, yes, was getting very nervous just before I actually got launched into bookstores. But yeah, everyone has been um, yeah, very nice about it. So that's <laughs> it, it's very raw. It's it's very um, it's very. Uh, you, you've allowed us into a lot of areas of your life that uh, did you did you think you would uh, go that sort of deep into into so many things? It's it's what I wanted to achieve with the book. To be honest, it's um, I don't know. I never um, wanted to do like a just a sporting memoir and you know sort of reflect on my achievements and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Basically, oh, look, look how good my swimming was kind of thing. <laughs> um, that sort of didn't really attract me um, or inspire me to, to want to do the book. Um, I really wanted it to be a very honest account of my experiences. And I think as human beings, we are all so layered and complicated uh, as much as sometimes we don't like to acknowledge that all of the time and I, I wanted to show all facets of that whether it was when I was an athlete and, and you know trying to perform at the, the highest level of competition or or transitioning into uh, a workplace for the first time at the age of 28 or, or transitioning into motherhood it's I think life is incredibly complicated and, and complex and um, yeah we're all sort of fighting our own battles to sort of uh, you know, achieve great things, but also just do day to day life as well. Has there been a lot of, uh, and I mean this in the in the nicest possible sense? Has there been a lot of me too reaction from people who've who've looked at the book and read the book and gone, wow, you know, I never knew that was happening, but gee, I went through similar kind of things with anxiety and all those sorts of things. Yeah, and that's been really heartwarming for me. I mean, obviously, you you don't want to hear about. Um, you don't want to hear that other people are going through difficult times. Obviously, that that's not a good thing. But for me, and it's a very cliche thing, but if it if it helped, if it was going to help one person, that's that was what was really motivating for me. Um, if it helps one person, maybe seek help with their mental health um, sooner. Then that that was something that was really inspiring for me to sort of talk about my experiences, but as well. But, you know, not everybody um, does experience mental illness in, in their life. A lot of people do. <laughs> yep. um, but if it might educate someone as well and, and help that person maybe support a loved one who might be going through similar things, uh, then that's really important as well to be able to educate people on, on different experiences. But ultimately, I just hope it makes people more empathetic. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Know, I, because everybody, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have understood or, or seen or um, really believed that I would have been going through what I was, especially with the postnatal depression after the birth of my first daughter. Um, and I think we we often create facades in our lives and 
there's so many battles that people just know nothing about. And so if we can just be kind to each other and, and be more understanding and empathetic, then it's just going to be better for everyone. And hopefully, like I said, if people, um, you know, if people read the book and they sort of might resonate with something, hopefully they will then maybe be more proactive about seeking the help or support that they might need. Uh, speaking of it helping one person, did writing the book help you? <laughs> yes, interestingly enough. Well, I, I, I think people uh, talk about it being quite a cathartic experience and 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 it was in so many ways. I think when you um, talk about really old stuff, um, that can be quite confronting because sometimes you haven't always processed everything as best as as good as what you might have thought <laughs> initially. Um, but yeah, it really was. And to be able to uh, to be able to work with uh, I worked with a wonderful author, Monia Baldy, who. Um, helped put together the book and I mean she was just incredible uh, and she really kind of captured my experience just so beautifully um, yeah it was quite confronting at times but certainly something that I'm I'm so glad that I did and yeah to have it there on paper now is just yeah beyond crazy and <laughs> exciting and yeah, yeah. Kind of makes you very, it makes you feel very vulnerable. But yeah, like I said, the the reaction has been very warm. So um, you do feel good about that. I mean, given that you you kind of laid bare so many uh, parts of your life. I mean, uh, uh, from from your wedding to your swimming career to you know your yeah. miscarriage, all those things are all laid mm-hmm. out in the book. Was it as confronting for for the for your close family, for your husband, and for for your kids, and for your for the people around you to kind of. Uh, share that with you in a in a public yeah form? yeah it was well my husband was pretty um uh important in the process as well I got him to edit it help edit the book a couple of times because yeah. obviously he's a pretty main character <laughs> in the book yeah. and um there are a few things that he uh, you know you have to respect and he didn't want to share and that's totally fine and understandable um you know, not without a few arguments from me Fair at enough. times. Yeah. But, but, yeah, no, you obviously have to respect their, uh, his wishes and all that sort of stuff. But he, he was great throughout the process. It's actually been really interesting because, yeah, my close family um, who didn't have a part in the editing process as such but, you know, read the book prior to, to it being sort of published, I think they felt quite confronted and also quite vulnerable as well. But... I think they're, they're, you know, now that it's out there, I think they are really proud of, of the book. And I, I think that, you know, it can be quite confronting to see, um, you know, old family stuff sort of brought up at times. Oh, yeah. And for the, for the most part, yeah, I think they're really comfortable and, and happy and, and proud of the book. And, and I guess part of your persona as a, as a, you know, I mentioned Olympian and, uh, and you know, gold medalist and world record holder and all those things, there is a, there is a, a, a not a, it's not a rule as such, but it's a kind of way that you present yourself that uh, everything is, you know, peachy keen and everything's uh, shiny mm. and bright and all that sort of stuff. And all of a sudden, yeah. to have this side of you come out is, is quite, I imagine, quite... Uh, Quite no, well, confronting is probably the right word for a lot of people who've yeah. been big supporters and big fans of yours. Yeah, and and you know, and that's not to say that that's not a huge part of who I am as well. Um, it's not like you can't be one; you have to be one or the other. Oh I no, think exactly. They are yeah. both very important parts of of who I am and my personality, and and certainly 
especially to achieve um, highly in anything, you have to have a certain amount of intensity (laughs) about you um, to be able to train 35 hours a week for, what, 48 weeks a year for the better part of a decade. You have to be pretty intense and pretty focused. and, And and so that's certainly a huge part of my personality. A huge part of my personality is the fact that I just love swimming. It was such a passion of mine. Um, you know, really, it's the fir- it's the first thing I ever fell in love with in my life, and uh, yeah. So it's, it's I, I I guess I'm I wanted to sort of show that side of my personality as well because it's just as important as the happy, bubbly, um, smiley person that a lot of people would know me as because it, it shows that yeah, humans are complex and we have layers and and you know that makes us really interesting and but you know at the same time um to achieve at that highest level you have to have a certain type of personality which can lend itself to being quite self-critical and judgmental of yourself and you know you, you have incredibly high standards which again can um sort of take you in a direction with your mental health particularly after sport um, in, in a negative direction. So it's just making sure that you can balance that out <laughs> with the lighter side of, of, of the personality as well. Are, are you better at doing that now? Oh, so much better. Good. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because I think I had to have that real intensity when I was swimming because that's what allows you to stay focused for that long and, and you know, try to to reach these lofty goals and and dreams that you have um and obviously i don't have a competitive um outlet at this stage in my life because uh life is a little different i've got two little girls and and another baby on the way so it's kind of like the lean out phase of my life if you want to call it that um but that's not to say that that won't then come back and, you know, I'll get ex- excited and passionate about something. I mean, the book for me has been something that I've been really excited and passionate about um, in, in this process as well. But it's, it, it is much far more balanced um, at this stage in my life for sure. Libby Trickett is my guest on uh, on The Late Show. Beneath the Surface is the book that she's written a memoir about. Uh, uh, life and times uh, over over three Olympic Games. And uh, and as you mentioned, you know, for the the hours uh, in the pool, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Do you still do you still love the water? I mean, you grew up around the water and love being in the water. Do you still like mm-hmm. being in the water? I love it. <laughs> love, love, love it. Yeah, it's, that's um, good. It's, it's so funny. I do find it 50-50 with swimmers <laughs> I find 50% never swim again and yep. then um, the rest swim for the rest of their lives and I think in my first retirement um, in 2009 I certainly went um, the rebellious path and was like I'm never swimming again never <laughs> touching the water and then very quickly realized that that is not who I am and I just I love I love the water and obviously that love has shifted in a, in a way because it's not about you know heart rate sets and lactates and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know trying to be as fast as you possibly can it's just about being in the water which is what I love that's you know what I fell in love with in the first place when you know I very first learned to swim but certainly from around the age of four when I had my first club night race and I just loved being in the water and you love competing and you loved winning Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That was certainly part of it. But 
you know, now at 34, <laughs> it's just about it being, yeah, enjoying the water. And, 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 you know, something really special for me now as well is getting to share that with my girls. And, um, yeah, thankfully they seem to like it so far. So that's, that's a good thing. So what do you, I mean, uh, do you want them to, to take up swimming or will that be one of those things where if that's what they want to do, they will or and you won't be sort of, you know, phased either way? Oh, look, the politically correct answer is oh, I want them to find, you know, something that they're passionate about, and, uh, which is certainly the case, obviously. But if they came to me and said they want want to go to the Olympics for swimming, I would probably pass out with excitement. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm very conscious. My mother was never that classic swimming parent. Yep. She didn't push me at all, and I think that was such an important part of my eventual success because it had to come from within um you can't do that the amount of training that you need to do as a swimmer if you're being pushed to do it by someone else it has to come from um from within you so you know obviously right now they're like four and 19 months and right now it's just about safety and enjoying the water and and the environment you know we're so lucky in Australia that we get to do that most of the year so Yes, um, but yeah, if they happen to be like, yeah, mum, we really like swimming, I'll be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 uh, and, and, and if they do do that, how, how much differently will the way they do it be to the way you did it, given the lessons that you've learnt in, in you know, how you went about it? Look, I, at the end of the day, with, with kids with anything um, in, in, that they choose to do, you kind of have to let them make their own mistakes and... and um, uh, and learn from that because I think that's a really important part of creating a, a great, not only person, but, you know, to create a great athlete as well. They have to make their own paths in that way. And I certainly wouldn't want my swimming to impact that progress, if that makes sense. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the advantage that they would have is that, you know, both parents, came from a swimming background and um, whether they choose to do their dad's stroke or breaststroke or, mm. you know, if, I think we'll be a bit out of our depth if they choose backstroke because neither of us were backstrokers. That'll try. There's a um, cat amongst the pigeons if they do that. Yeah, we'll be like really spun out. <laughs> um, but, you know, with, with, you know, technique training and stuff, we, we can definitely help with that if they want it. But I doubt. I doubt our children will want it. I'm sure they'll be very stubborn and think that they can do it all themselves. Uh, that'll be in the, that'll be in the genes, no doubt, to the, uh, the, yeah, the stubbornness. It. Absolutely. Um, you're an ambassador these days as well uh, for uh, for Beyond Blue. What what what's the kind of message you want to get to people that that and you've a lot of it's in the book in terms of mm-hmm. um, uh, what what you want people to kind of think about. I think for me, I mean, with the book, if they res- if anyone resonates with something that they they, they read and, and those experiences and maybe are reflecting on how they're feeling in themselves, my, my biggest recommendation would be to go talk to a GP. Yep. That's usually a, a great first point of reference to go. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable with your particular GP, maybe try and find someone that you do feel comfortable talking to. And that might be another doctor, it might be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a counsellor. Um, there's so many options. Um, even just having uh, candid conversations with loved ones, if you feel comfortable, that can be a really big help. But there's so many, so many great resources 
online. So if you go to beyondblue.org, um, uh, .au, there, there's so many great resources online that cover, you know, the broad spectrum of, of mental health, whether it is anxiety or depression or, you know, drug and alcohol abuse. There's so many options and, and resources there. Um, and also there are some really great hotlines. Um, I know Panda, um, for, for women who are suffering from postnatal depression, they have a wonderful hotline um, that they, that people can access. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the biggest thing is just don't be afraid to ask for help. That's something that I resisted for, for too long. Um, and I went to a really dark place. And, you know, if we can avoid that, um, then that's just going to be better for, for not only you but for your family and your loved ones who, who care deeply about you and have you talked to young athletes about that because that uh, because they're in their own sort of bubble and you they are driving themselves so hard they don't they don't seek that kind of help and you obviously were in that in that exact position yeah it's an interesting um conversation around elite athletes because when you are in that environment like i if someone told me when I was 19 that I should go see, you know, a psychologist for my mental health, I probably would have been like, you don't know me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do kind of thing because you kind of feel six foot tall and bulletproof and um, that, you, you know, you're, you're doing really well because you're an athlete and you're strong and competing against the world. Um, I, I hope that it is a conversation that is being had more often. Like, not to say that I, I definitely saw a sports psychologist, but that's so much more about enhancing performance than necessarily the whole person, um, which is really important. It's a really important part of being an elite athlete, but it doesn't address the whole picture. So, But it's a difficult thing to do. Like I said, when you're an athlete and you're young, um, you don't necessarily have that capacity to, or, or the self-awareness, I, you know, not to say that they don't have self-awareness because I think a lot of elite athletes do but just that capacity to sort of see things a little bit differently and go I, I need to invest time in this because that will actually really not, not only impact my performance in the pool or, or, or in the field or whatever it might be but it'll impact my life in a really positive way. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and spend, uh, as you did, uh, hours and hours and hours uh, getting your wrist fixed, but you don't do anything about what's above your shoulders sometimes, which is... Uh, exactly. Which is, yeah, which is where it should be. And, and I want to ask but you... But you know what? That's so often in, in life as well. It's oh, so yeah. It's easy to sort of talk about physical injuries as opposed to um, issues of mental illness, so... No, you're right, and the and the book and the, the name of the book is perfect because it is beneath the surfaces. And no one quite knows. It's the old duck uh, uh, cliche, isn't it? Uh, no one knows what's going on, but the duck is pedalling like uh, paddling like buggery underneath there to try and stay afloat, Absolutely. as we all are. Yeah. So, uh, in finishing, Lib, congratulations on the book. Well done, and uh, and good luck uh, with the bub and with the future. And uh, and I have to know how many how many chin ups can you do these days? Oh. <laughs> are you twenty well, twenty seven? Was your limit? I'm told. Yes, at 34 weeks pregnant, I cannot do a single chin-up. Not doing a lot? I, no. I did, I did half a chin-up, I think, at the park the other day. Um, but before pregnancy, I could do five. Ah, well, there you go. You're going well. <laughs> Thank you. That's the goal to get back to, anyway. <laughs> good on you, Libby. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And, uh, and good luck with the book and, uh, and good luck with everything else. My absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time.